honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on the SportsStuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. Deeply appreciate you hopping on board with me once again. Thank you always so very much. Well, it's going to be a typical show, three segments Reviews, previews, and on to Facebook. We're getting pretty close to winding down the season. The game reviews will probably not be as detailed necessarily as they have been, just because uh, <laughs> just because there isn't a whole lot to say. A whole lot to say. The Timberwolves had three games at home and they couldn't win any of them. I mean, like they just didn't win a single one of them. Well, I mean, did you expect them to win? Yeah, I kind of did. At least one or two of these. I think I had them going 2-1 and one this week. <laughs> yeah, nice try there, Joe. Nice try. Good stuff. 2-1, and one, yeah. No, uh, expecting them to beat the Jazz and the, and, the, and the Magic at home is probably not that tall of an order. At least maybe one of the two would have been nice. But, but no, we didn't beat either one of them. Then we got a much tougher week coming up. I'm going to be previewing four games. One, uh, and then they're all on the road. That'll be fun. <sighs> so it's like literally the shows go uh, coincide with uh, if the Wolves are at home or on the road. In these uh, last three weeks of the season, we'll call them. Yeah, the last three weeks. They had the three-game homestand this week, four-game road trip next week, and then we wrap up with two games at home against New Orleans and Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I don't know if I see another victory on the on the schedule this year, guys. We'll probably win one more. We'll probably win one more, and I'm staring at it right now. It looks like the Wolves are going to wrap up with either 17 or 18 wins on the season, so less than 20 wins. Flip Saunders will... Yeah, it'll be the it'll be the first time he never won twenty games. So there it is that he didn't that he had a non twenty win season. So there it is. Unfortunately, too many injuries and God knows what else. I I don't think it's Kurt Rambis all over again. In fact, there's just no way in hell that's what it is, or so I'd like to believe. And at some point, Flip Saunders hopefully will be returning to the front office and giving way to a new coach. That would be uh, that would be nice. I would have no problem with that. <laughs> If such a thing took place, though it looks like uh, Mr. Glenn Taylor is not going to be pushing Flip to do that. So, hmm, well, okay, I'm glad that, uh, I'm, I'm glad for him, I suppose. Hmm, I don't know where to go with that. I, I, other than I'd prefer that Flip Saunders is not, uh, yeah, I prefer Flip Saunders is not the head coach long-term of this team. And I, and I don't think he will be, but there's no uh, hints of where he's headed at this point. I'm not sure where to go with that. Let's just jump into the game reviews. Minnesota Timberwolves host, yeah, host, of course, the Utah Jazz on on Monday, March 30th. We wrap up the month of March with another loss, a 20-point loss at home to the Utah Jazz, quite similar to the game I went to much earlier in the season, way back on, like, was it January 2nd, January 3rd with my beautiful fiancé, Nunn. That was fun. It was fantastic. Fantastic experience to finally get back to a game again and finally take her to a game. <laughs> it was nice. It was a nice experience in that sense, but the Wolves just came out flat as a pancake, and they finished the game flat as a pancake. Andrew Wiggins very quietly had 20 points in that game, and on the, in this one, the only player that really looked particularly good was Zach Levine, and nobody shot, shot well in this game. In fact, this was extremely similar to the last game, other than... Zach Levine played much better this time around, and he's playing at shooting guard. And, yeah, <laughs> we'll be having a conversation with Tanae Brown in the Fan Interaction segment on Facebook about just that. They hold Lorenzo Brown, Zach Levine, Dealey, Ricky Rubio. Yeah, I'll be talking about that as well. I'm just going to save it for now, because, yeah, you guys probably know what's going on with Rubio and Pekovich. We'll just talk about that in the Fan Interaction, because it's a good time for it. But you look at all the numbers here. This game just sucked, and I'm not going to say a whole lot about it. The Wolves lose by 20 at home to Utah, 
Yeah, I said that 15 times already. It just it just sucks just saying it. Trevor Booker, man, he looks pretty good. Another uh, David Kahn special where he drafted him and already had him moving somewhere else. I believe it was the Washington... Yes, the Washington Bullshits. No, <laughs> yeah, basically. No, the Washington Wizards, they were the Bullshits back then. They were pretty lousy. Um, yeah. <laughs> Trevor Booker, 17 points, 13 rebounds. He, he was kind of slow to develop, but a really nice game there. Gobert was fantastic. Really... There's two things that are positive about this one, but I'll mention the negative really quick first just to get it out of the way to uh, uh, appeal to some of you that are sick of my negative conversation, even though I've been fairly I've been fairly chill about it this year other than you get you know because it's kind of like you get the idea. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna sugarcoat a damn thing. Hell no, and you know that. Field goal percentage sucked major, you know what? 36, well, 36, 37% if you round it up. Oh, isn't that nice of me? See? See, uh, see, I'm positive. 37% from the floor. Really bad. 5 of 15 for Wiggins. 7 of 19 for Levine. Really, you know, 33%-ish on most of these guys. Chase Budinger, who's been very, very solid in the closing month or so of the season. I just hope and pray this isn't fourth quarter garbage time, per se, on the season for Chase Budinger. I know 35 minutes is not fourth quarter garbage time. I get that part, but I'm saying the season is fourth quarter garbage time because the Wolves are long gone, you know, post-mortem type of situation here on the regular season. It's been that way for a very, very long time. I just hope Chase Bunninger isn't doing what I've referred to in the past as Ricky Davis syndrome, where he had a really nice month of April. And it's like, oh my God, we got to get him. We got to get him. Yeah, yeah. And though maybe we hope that's exactly what some other team is doing, but on our side, hopefully we're not like, oh my God, oh my God, we got to keep him. We got to keep him. Though... If this is what Chase Bunninger could be, sure, that's a nice spark plug off the bench. I like it. If he could stay healthy, sure. And this is what Chase Bunninger was supposed to be. That's a $5 million a year player right there. It is. I'm not going to say even more, no, because no, that's a $5 million guy right there. Absolutely, because you're not going to expect this from him every night. 5 of 11, 14 points. That's actually about a $5 million a year guy. The type of guy you would sign to a, a salary cap exception type of contract. Robbie Hummel, very solid, 9.7 rebounds in 29 minutes. But again, nice stats, but just when you lose by 20 at home to Utah, who is an improving team, it's still, that there's nothing really that, it's like, how do you look at this? Is it all just garbage time, per se, for this team? But enough of that. Zach Levine overall looked good, some dunks and stuff, even though he shot maybe a little too much for his liking, even more than mine. Um... But the highlights overall this game are the two guys that were really, literally having a go at it for the for the most valuable player award of the uh, Future Stars game. Used to be called Rookie Softwares. Now it's called Future Stars. That would be Andrew Wiggins and, and Rudy Gobert. They were both basically going at it for the MVP <laughs> in, in that game. And it seems like they've built a cute little rivalry between each other because... Gobert's one of the better shot blockers in basketball, and Andrew Wiggins has become an amazing dunker, an amazing, uh, he's literally becoming an amazing talent, a guy who could fly down the rim and jam on people, so literally you're in a situation, is is Gobert going to block Wiggins, or is Wiggins going to dunk on him, so it's literally a war, like a poster battle here between those two, is Gobert ripping that poster down, or is Wiggins putting it up, (laughs) well Wiggins put it up twice, and Gobert had a block on one of them. So basically, it started out with Wiggins with a spectacular dunk on Gobert. Fantastic, amazing stuff. Even though he shot only, again, 5 of 15 from the floor and only th- only 17 points and a, uh, and a back-breaking minus 38. <laughs> In a plus-minus rating. That's pretty harsh. But yeah, Gobert was, <laughs> Gobert was able to block the, uh, the second one. Uh, the second uh, attempt by Wiggins, and then Wiggins was able to complete the third. So it was a nice little kind of can-you-top-this situation between those two. But other than that, ah, the Wolves just sucked. And Dante Exum, I'm going to say this, and I'm kind of surprised Hank McCoy didn't respond to me about Trey Burke. What I had to say on the last show, I don't know if I pissed him off, or if he figured, oh, wow, he's right, he's smart. No, I, I have no idea where to go with that. But, um... And it doesn't matter if he thinks I'm smart or not. It's up to him how he stands on things. But Trey Burke had a solid game, yes. And I understand how Rubio seems like he's Mr. Injury right now and his shooting stinks. And 
Sometimes Trey Burke's shooting is a little bit better, and it's supposed to be better, but I remember that night, he was, what, 2 of 15 from the floor, or was it 2 of 13? Whatever it is, it sucked big time. With all that said, Dante Exum is about as impressive as the Timberwolves record. <laughs> 1 of 6 from the floor, all 3-point attempts, 3 points on the night, and 3 turnovers, no assists. Dante Exum, I don't care if he's from Australia, or New Zealand, or Japan, or India, is now... Oh my goodness, the Sacramento Kings signed a gigantic seven-foot guy from India, who I don't remember his name right now. And at this point in time, all respect, put on this. He's irrelevant at this point in time, so I don't remember his name. I apologize. He's irrelevant right now. A 10-day contract in the, at the end of the season off of a, off of a NBDL team? You're telling me that's a relevant player? <laughs> but cool. India now has officially their first NBA player in basketball. Okay, with all that said, as I continue to bounce all over the place, Donna Exum, yeah, I don't mean to annoy you guys, Tomasi, I'm sure you love him and everything, but he is off to a really slow start in this league. In fact, most of this draft class is... <laughs> they're kind of slow to the... They're kind of slow to develop at this point in time, even though Miritich over there in Chicago has been fantastic. He's been uh, absolutely fantastic, and it, it's like, doggone it, don't you dare try to take that Rookie of the Year award away from Wiggins. And, in all honesty, there's no way the NBA is going to give Miritich the <laughs> the Rookie of the Year award. But clearly, Ender Wiggins is going to have a way... He's going to be one of the faces of basketball in the next three to five years, as far as I'm concerned. And I think they know that. And I think that's why they gave the MVP to Ender Wiggins, even though Rudy Gobert and him were pretty damn close for it in that all-star situation. People recognize when Andrew Wiggins is going to be in this league. And Gobert is probably going to be a really good player. He might be the next uh, 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 Al Horford. He's headed that direction. Maybe even a better version of him if things continue to develop for him. Along with Miritich might be a really good, um, like a better Tony Kukoc. Who knows? That might be where he's headed. I don't care who's laughing at me. I'm just making a comparison, just throwing darts in the dark. That's all I'm doing. So just making my opinions there. Just my opinion, but overall, again, this game was uh, what it was. Let's move on. We lost by 20 at home to Utah. Is there really anything more to say? No. Wednesday, April 1st, it was April Fools for the Timberwolves. <laughs> That's so funny. It was April Fools for the Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah, it was April Fools, all right. 113.99. Not the worst game ever, but not the best. At least Andrew Wiggins looked good. Yeah, he looked good. And by the way, i got to mention this really quick. One final step from the Utah game. Adrian Payne, all of seven from the floor, zero points. Yuck. That's all i got to say about that. Toronto is a basketball team. They are. <laughs> they are a very deep, solid basketball team that a lot of people would like to believe could make some type of move in the Eastern Conference. I have no idea if they are or they aren't because it seems like the Eastern Conference fluctuates all over the place, man. You know, you get teams winning six, seven, eight games in a row. You get the Brooklyn Nets, who look like they're absolute horse bleep. They're going to miss the playoffs by 15 games the way they were going. They went six in a row. What are they, the seventh seed now? Eighth seed? Okay. They might even be the sixth seed. And again, it's like, okay. So that's the Eastern Conference for you. I have no idea what's going to happen other than it's going to be probably Cleveland and Atlanta in the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe Chicago. Though right now, I have about as much faith in the Chicago Bulls as I have in... Uh, the Wolves, like, moving up in the lottery or winning the lottery this year. About that much faith. I don't think the Bulls are going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Nah. <laughs> With all of that said, let's talk about this Toronto game, at least uh, a little bit of it. Andrew Wiggins was pretty good attacking the basket, and that's what Andrew Wiggins is all about right now. Getting to the free throw line. Attack, attack, attack. Whatever it is. Just making those spins, posting up, and then wrapping around people, attacking the basket getting the ball in the air, and creating contact. That's what Andrew Wiggins' top talent is at this stage. And he's got that lift and the ability to, you know, be extremely athletic, be way above the rim and dunk on people. But the strength is not there yet for him to really, really become the guy that could literally average 25 points a game. He did score 25 in this game. Yes, that's the cool part. He scored that many. But I think he's going to be averaging that as he continues to bulk up. And I think this summer, him and Zach Levine, that is the, obviously, major, major, major things they need to do in the offseason. Absolutely. Because when you have an ability to dunk on people, when you're able to, like, add some muscle to that, to that frame of yours, 
Doug Kingham Tebow is going to be a lot easier. <laughs> and Gobert and guys like that are going to have a harder time blocking somebody that's that big and strong. People like LeBron James are dunking on on you no matter no matter how strong or how good defensively you are. And that's what I do think will happen with Andrew Wiggins long term. He had a fantastic night. Justin Hamilton's bugging me a little bit because he scores. He's starting to remind me of Mark Blunt a little bit. <laughs> He'll score some points with that mid-range shot and some dunks and some layups and stuff. In fact, actually, he's more aggressive than Mark Blunt. But no rebounding at all. I hate big men that don't rebound. Do you know who led this team in rebounding this night? Zach Levine with seven rebounds, but he also added seven turnovers in the game. With all that, though, he did he, he did hit 10 of 17. Lots of uh, just attacking the basket again. Dunks, layups, all that good stuff. 22 points, looked good. Mid-range shot. Made only one of four from, from downtown. Chase Bunninger, 19 points off the bench. 37 minutes, by the way, for Chase Bunninger. That's quite a few minutes off the bench. 19 points. Again, another really nice effort out of Chase Bunninger. And I won't repeat myself again, other than I just hope he's not, you know, yeah, fourth quarter garbage time. Yeah, Anthony Bennett played well against his hometown team, even though it wasn't in the hometown. Eight points, four rebounds in 14 minutes. But overall, (laughs) uh, I can't remember which game it was now. Oh my God, I can't remember which game it was, and I'm embarrassed. But he had a play this past week where <laughs> he just kind of flung the ball in the air and it went over. The <laughs> I'm not sure what he was trying to do. I think he thought he was drawing contact or something and he just flung the ball over the rim. I'm not sure if it got on Shaqton a fool or not. But I got to think that's a Shaqton a fool type of play. It was pretty funny. I could just imagine it. I should watch back in the archives and see if it got on the Shaqton a fool. <laughs> but overall, again. Just a typical Wolves loss, but uh, encouraging signs from Andrew Wiggins and Zach Levine. Very encouraging signs. A nice uh, late season effort out of Chase Bunninger. It's pretty much the same thing you're going to hear on, in, in all of these games the remainder of the season. Unless, of course, uh, you know, and then in some cases they may shoot poorly. Like Wiggins just really struggled the other night against Utah, but he played better against Toronto. 25 points. Nice effort. And very encouraging long term for him. The Atlanta game really sucked. Friday, April the 3rd, 97-84. Only 84 points again for the Wolves. Not even close to, to 100. Not even close. But we amazing, but the Magic amazingly. I wouldn't even say we kept them from 97. They just weren't very good either, really. 97 points. Pretty pretty poor brand of basketball. But uh, Nikola Vujovic, Vucevic, pardon me. That guy's freaking awesome, isn't he? 37 points, 17 rebounds. He was unbelievable. Kind of just getting wasted over there in Orlando because they suck. They're not going anywhere right now. But maybe in the next year or two, they will get somewhere with another draft pick or two. Uh, maybe a good move and some development. Alfred Payton looks awfully good, too. He's been uh, he's been a nice development for the Orlando Magic. But it's just sad when you lose by as many points as the Wolves did in this game. And Victor Oladipo who's kind of, sort of, the face of that franchise, sucked as hard as he did in this game. <laughs> 4 of 19 from the floor, only 8 points. I mean, he sucked. He was missing everything. Clang, clang, clang. Made all, or missed all 6 of his 3s. He wishes he made him. Tobias Harris, I barely even know who that is. Barely even know who he is, because Orlando Magic have, have, been, about as re- have been about as relevant as the Timberwolves the last 5 years. 20, 12, 25 and 12 effort, made half of his 3-pointers. Really strong game for him overall. The Magic shoot too many threes for my liking, but then again, I'm starting to sound like Flip Saunders. Keep shooting them, I suppose, as long as you're, as long as the play is drawn up correctly and you're making them. Because the Wolves' three-point shooting sucked as, about as bad as anything. And this night, Chase Bunninger making one of four, and that was the only guy to make a three in the entire night. One of 11 from the floor, good for 9% from three-point range for the Timberwolves. Ouch. Nobody really looked good in this game except for Andrew Wiggins. Only 12 field goal attempts, but he got to the free throw line again. Same story, same broken record that you've been hearing the past couple shows. Andrew Wiggins attacking the basket, being aggressive, getting the free throw line, and making and making a good number of those. His, his free throw percentage has dramatically improved during the course of the season. Because remember, it seemed like night in, night out, he was about 50% from the line. It was unbelievable how bad he was at the free throw line. Back in like November, December, January, it was like, what the hell? We were losing games by like one, one or two points because of that, and it was driving me absolutely bleeping nuts. 
overall, it was a better shooting night for the Timberwolves because guys like Justin Hamilton, Adrian Payne were getting easy, easy hoops. But nobody really was commanding the floor, though, out there either. Lorenzo Brown only, I mean, reduced all the way down to nine minutes on the night. And no assist. I, I don't know what Flip's doing there. Is it, yeah, because Kevin Martin's back. All of a sudden, oh, we got to put Zach Levine back at point guard. I don't like it at all. I don't like it. Um, I'd rather have Kevin Martin coming off the bench, to be quite honest, in this situation. Let Levine continue to develop as the starting shooting guard. Kevin Martin's getting older. He's he's banged up. He's hurt. Yes, he's had some nice offensive games during the course of the season, but we've won 16 bleeping games this year. Do you understand what we're, what's going on? We're not trying to make the playoffs here. Zach Levine's development is absolutely paramount to the future of this team. He should be starting at shooting guard. He was playing fantastic in that time. You put him back to at point guard, eh, you know, he's down to 10 points. Eh, five assists. Lorenzo Brown would probably have had nine assists in this game. Ah, on a night when guys are making their shots and everything, even Justin Hamilton got nine rebounds. So there you go. A big man that actually almost got 10 rebounds in the night. It's about bleeping time. Adrian Payne, lots of close range baskets as well. Six and nine from the floor. That was cool. But other than that, it's just a bad, kind of a bad game, bad defense, but worse offense. I don't even know what was going on. Just a 20 turnover night, not aggressive enough. I mean, Zach, Le- or, excuse me, Wiggins was aggressive, but nobody else really was. And the overall passing game, not much to brag about in this game. I put Lorenzo Brown back at point guard. Well, yeah, okay, I'm already spoiling what I'm going to be talking about. I'll get back to it later. But um, Kevin Martin should not even be starting at this stage. Who cares? What's he going to get offended because he's not playing in these garbage two weeks of the season when we're not even close to contending? Who cares? Who cares? He shot 3 of 12 from the floor. Who cares? Seriously. Who cares? Plus, if he's on a hot shooting night, give him the minutes. Keep him in there. Fantastic. If he's not shooting well, eh. (laughs) Let Zach Levine be the starter and give him the major minutes. My God, man. It's not like Kevin Martin's going to be running on the bench with only nine minutes, but putting Lorenzo Brown to only nine minutes? I don't know what you're doing, Flip. I, I really don't know. I don't know what you're doing. Stop putting stop putting Zach Levine at point guard, please. It, it's pointless. It's pointless. It's like a more of an emergency third, third point guard type of situation, as far as I'm concerned. Having Zach Levine playing point guard. He should be playing limited minutes at point guard. Like, some minutes there, maybe. But not major minutes at point guard. Uh, I'm, I'm tired of it. It's not that good. So, with all that said, let's wrap up the reviews. Again, not all that much to say. Broken record. Blah, 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 blah. Lone Wolf Award, Andrew Wiggins. He looks by far the best player out there. Even though Zach Levine had a very strong week. So, I will give him the honorable mention. Other than that, Chase Bunninger shot well. Scored in double digits in every game. That's really cool to see. But, okay, I'm breaking the record. Uh, it's a broken record player. I mean, what else is there to say? <laughs> uh, Johnny Flynn Memorial. Who do we give it to? Uh, I can't keep giving him to Flip. I can't keep giving him to this guy or that guy. I don't know who to give it to this week, other than it's just like... Uh, just, the, uh, just the overall energy of the team. Seriously, I mean, I, I don't know if they're tanking or what it is. Just the overall energy of the team is a Johnny Flynn memorial for me. I can't give it to Justin Hamilton because he was scoring at least, but I hated the lack of rebounding for the most part, <laughs> even though he was pretty good in some games. I'll give the... You know, this is what I was thinking about earlier in the week. But it's like the more information I get back is on Kevin Garnett, and it's like I'm not going to give it to him, even though I'm like tempted to, because, yeah, the information that I was hearing earlier in the week was like, where the hell has he been? And it's not making any sense. So Kevin Garnett hadn't been around. And it's like, yeah, he was sick and stuff. But then it's like, where really where really has he been? He's kind of like really uh, separated himself from the team of late. He hasn't been showing up to any games. It's kind of like Kevin Love all over again. But he's been practicing actually, uh, particularly of late. But then it's like, it's like his knee hurts so much he can't get in there and it's such a shame. He wants to come back and play. So I can't give it to him other than just overall again, the injuries. Johnny Flynn Memorial. The injuries and just the overall lack of effort from the team in general. Lack of 
lack of energy from this team. I mean, 84 points against Orlando, 84 points against Utah. Ah, and then Toronto just kicked our ass overall. Just the overall energy of the team, Johnny Fibon Memorial. Segment done. We'll be back for segment number two right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Let's see, the Timberwolves lost by 20, but Andrew Wiggins looks good, he's been driving the lane, and Zach Levine looks pretty damn good too. Oh, let's see, the Wolves lost by 20 again, Andrew Wiggins looks good, and Zach Levine looks, uh, he looks like he has a nice future. Man, this sounds familiar. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two, previous segment. Not a whole lot implications for the Timberwolves in these games, at least for the most part. Tuesday, <laughs> April 7th, the Minnesota Timberwolves head to Sacramento. Yeah, George Carl's the coach now. That's uh, nice for him, I suppose. Other than that, who are the Sacramento Kings? Eh, they're a little better than they were before, but they're, you know, and they're being coached by George Carl, but they're still eh, Sacramento Kings right now. But don't be surprised if they emerge as a uh, pretty solid team in the next couple of years. Because everywhere George Carl goes, he seems to uh, the team seem to improve under his tutelage. We'll see what happens with the uh, Marcus Cousins, all, all of them. Rudy Gay, I don't know how long he's going to be there. Maybe for a while, maybe not. Andre Miller, he's a bit uh, he's a bit old, and he looked kind of funny out there. <laughs> he he was on a shack and a fool when he just kind of slipped into the lane and stuff. He just kind of fell. It looked kind of funny. looked kind of old on the play as well. Sacramento Kings interest me about as much as uh, oof, yeah. I don't know. They're not interesting at all. They're just yeah. It's like a, it's like drinking a glass of warm milk watching the Sacramento Kings. I mean, if you want to, if, if you're having trouble falling asleep, yeah, You know, I mean, they're going to be an exciting team in the next couple of years, I think. I don't think they're going to win a championship though. Sacramento win a championship? Yeah, right. I don't really care about the Sacramento Kings or, or Queens right now or Shaq Demento, whatever they want to call them. I don't really care about them. Either did, either did Shaq. I think the Wolves can win this game, actually, to be quite honest. <clears throat> even though the Wolves haven't even beaten them yet this year in the uh, as the schedules continue to bounce around, they continue to change. Three-game schedule for the Wolves in Sacramento. They lost a heartbreaker back on January the 1st, New Year's Day. They lost a fairly close game at home as well way back on November 22nd. That's a JFK day, we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's look at that game, though, on January 1st, New Year's Day. It was a fun game, I remember. And I remember uh, uh, and I remember Derek Williams having a nice night that night, and he did, 17 points. He had a pretty pretty damn good dunk as well. I believe it was on Gorgie Zhang, if I remember correctly. That was annoying to watch. Shabazz Muhammad was good in that game. Andrew Wiggins was freaking awesome at shooting guard on that night. Zach Levine... Not much at point guard, but he was the point guard. Hmm, Jeff Adrian. Yeah, remember all these names? I remember Troy Daniels hit a couple threes. Jeff Adrian, Troy Daniels. I mean, the Wolves have had lots of different guys kind of come and go this year. Even our second-round pick, Glenn Robinson the third, was still on the roster. Crazy. Mo Williams. I mean, yeah, look at all these names. <laughs> all these guys. Thaddeus Young was on the team at the time, obviously. And he's, you know, like a forgotten memory as well. It was a fun game, but the Wolves ultimately played... Pretty lame. Their defense is pretty lame overall. 54% from the floor for the Sacramento Kings. Um, this is the first game in Sacramento. The Wolves have had a strange positive success rate in Sacramento over the years. And yes, they have a different coach right now, which helps, but doesn't guarantee anything right now. They just He just got there. So that doesn't mean they're going to explode and be great. I think if the Wolves... Well... I'll pick them to lose in this game because of the the scoring. I mean, look at Sacramento. They're averaging about 111, 111 and a half. 
points a game against the Wolves. So I'm going to pick the Kings to win this one, unfortunately. I'm going to have Sacramento winning 112 to... I'm going to have the Sacramento Kings winning 112 to 105. It'll be a fairly close game. I think Wiggins is going to score a lot. You'll see Levine put some numbers in. If he's going to play point guard, though, he's not going to do as well. He's going to he's going to get like 12 to maybe maybe 15 points in the game. Something like that. But if he's a shooting guard, don't be surprised if you see a 27-28 point effort out of Zach Levine. I think he will shine against the Sacramento Kings at shooting guard, but not at point guard. And unfortunately, I think Flip is going to be pig-headed and leave uh, Levine at point guard because he just has to, and I mean has to, start Kevin Martin, gun to his head, start Kevin Martin at shooting guard. And though if the Wolves do win this game, as much as I'm ranting about Kevin Martin, if the Wolves do win this game, it'll be because Kevin Martin has one of those crazy 30-point nights where he's scorching the net, and I do think Andrew Wiggins scores 20 to 25 points in this game as well. But if but if the Wolves do win this game, it's probably going to be because somebody, well, either Zach Levine or Kevin Martin has a huge, huge night. That's going to be the key to winning this game, in my humble opinion. But I will pick them to lose 112 to 105. Let's move on quickly here. Or at least I would like to move on quickly. I would love to, wouldn't I? Here we go. Minnesota, Wednesday, April 8th, <laughs> pack a lunch, back-to-back, going to Portland, Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> we've had strange success against the Portland Trailblazers on occasion, but those of you out there picking on Yahoo, I'm not sure if anybody listening is any of these people picking on Yahoo, maybe, maybe, maybe some of you guys out there, but right now, 100% of people, if it's 5 people, if it's 15, if it's 700, 100% of everybody is picking the Jailblazers to beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. And yes, the Wolves have had a very positive success rate against the Portland Trailblazers this year, which is just stunning. Which <laughs> Both of them were at home, though. And that doesn't necessarily guarantee anything, but both of them were at home. Last time Minnesota played in Portland was way back on November 30th, a 107-93 type of loss. And then Minnesota wins 90-82 to on a night where the Blazers looked like they hit a freight train. They were exhausted. They'd been playing mini games. They run it back-to-back. But they'd also been playing several games of late, and they just laid an egg in Target Center. And then the Wolves just scorched them on March the 7th, 121-113. to It seems like every year the Wolves have one of those type of games, where the where, where it's like they're scoring at will. Damian Lillard was fantastic, but he missed a shot late in that game, and they and they lost. But he was, yeah, he was just scorching the net all night. It was freaking ridiculous. Just sick. And he made a, uh, I forget who he dunked on now, Oh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Garnett. No, I don't remember who it was. It doesn't really matter. Gary Neal was phenomenal in that game. And Marcus was so excited. And Rubio had 15 assists. And Wiggins wasn't spectacular, but he had, but he still scored 18, even in a night when he wasn't anything super-duper special. Adrian Payne was still new to the to things. And Levine was only playing 12 minutes in the, at that point in time. Remember, I was pissed off that Gorgie was coming off the bench and not doing so hot. Kevin Martin, strong shooting night. It was an overall very, very fun night. It was Kevin Martin and Gary Neal. Gary Neal especially on that night. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal game. And it was enough to overmatch the Portland Trailblazers. Very fun to watch. Very fun to watch, especially if you like the offensive side of basketball, not the defensive side. (laughs) Oh, boy. But with all that said, the fact that the Timberwolves have beaten the Blazers twice and they were both in target center, Wolves do not win this game. No way in hell are the Portland Trailblazers going to allow the Timberwolves to win the season series against them. The Blazers are winning the Northwest Division by eight and a half games. And that's because, well, the Oklahoma City Thunder have been snake bit this season beyond human recognition. With uh, Obviously, he started out the season with Westbrook being out, and then Kevin Durant's out, and Kevin Durant comes back, then he's out again, and then it's kind of a day-to-day back-and-forth thing with Kevin Durant, and then he needs major surgery, and he's out for four months or whatever it was, four to six months. Adios, pack a lunch, we'll see you next year, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Kevin Durant, and all these trade rumors, because Russell Westbrook got 90,000 triple-doubles on a 42-win team. Yeah, I mean, that's good. I like the triple-doubles. That's fantastic. But I don't think a a ton of triple-doubles is going to guarantee you any type of most viable player award on an 8th seed team, regardless if it's in the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference. I don't think so. The Eastern Conference. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to talk about the playoff uh, picture a little bit here to make things slightly more interesting than talking about a team losing by 20 points most of the time. It's getting... Yeah, I mean, it's not the most exciting topic in the world, even though I'm going to continue to cover this team. But, um... 
yeah, the Blazers are going to win the division. They're going to have a nice uh, post- uh, a nice chance to get somewhere in the playoffs, hopefully for them for their sake this year. Even though I don't like that team, and I <coughs> and outside of Tristan Mayer, I can't stand Blazers fans or Denver Nuggets fans for that matter. Outside of Tristan Mayer, I love that guy. He's he's very cool, but I hate the Blazers and their fan base. <laughs> Tristan Mayer, very respectful, very knowledgeable about the game of basketball. Got nothing bad to say about the guy. Nothing. So, at, at least in the basketball side of things, right? Ah, I'm so mean. Yeah, because I mean, I don't really know all too much outside of that about him. So, yeah, just to be fair. Because, yeah, not many necessarily know me that well outside of basketball either. Other than I'm just a really, really nice guy, aren't I? But the Blazers, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're going to roll over the Timberwolves. They're only 34 games better than the Wolves. So, yeah, they'll win this game. Uh, I'm going to pick a pretty ugly score, like 122 100. It's going to be something like that. I think they're going to roll all over us. We're going to hate it, and it's going to be what it is. With all of that said, I don't think the LA Lakers are going to win the season series against the Timberwolves. Friday, April the 10th in Los Angeles, California, as Chick Hearn once said back in the day. The great Chick Hearn. Los Angeles Lakers. Will it be... Will it be a season series victory for the Los Angeles Lakers, or will the Minnesota Timberwolves tie the series? I think the Minnesota Timberwolves tie the series. I don't think the Los Angeles Lakers are going to roll over the Wolves in this one. They've had some entertaining close games against these teams, except Sunday, December the 14th, the Wolves were within six, but the whole game, the Lakers were winning that one. It was really lame, and Kobe Bryant got his, uh, well, he became the third all-time leading scorer in the history of basketball. Congratulations, obviously, at that point. But Kobe, talk about getting snake picked with injuries. Oh man, it's uh, you know it's it's a shame. It's a, he's a Mercedes with a bad transmission right now, and and, and that sucks. Yeah, boy, just like uh, just like Nikola Pekovic. <laughs> yeah, that guy. But uh, yeah, every single game has been fairly close, especially the one in Los Angeles and the one in Minneapolis, Wednesday, March 25th. But way back on November 28th, that was a fun game. Kobe missing a three at the buzzer, and it's like man. How many millions of times have we seen Kobe hit a late shot against the Wolves and it's game over or late shot against everybody else, pretty much? Mm-hmm. Including even the Pistons. He helped them win their only game in that series in 2004. <clears throat> Sorry, Vince. Wednesday, March 5th, uh, 25th, though, the Lakers outlasted the Wolves in overtime in Target Center. I think the Wolves finished this season series with a tie. And amazingly, this will be on NBA TV. Wow. And I bet a lot of people thought it was going to be Rookie of the Year with a, with a wonderful point guard getting his... 11 assists a game, and maybe this this uh, rookie last year that was a bust, having a resurgence of a season. All that good stuff. Gorgie Zhang, Shabazz Muhammad, Kobe Bryant's going to be there. Steve Nash might even... No. So, uh, uh, at least Andrew Wiggins is there, and you get to see uh, you get to see Clarkson, and uh, yeah. I mean, will, you, will, will, you, will we even see Nick Young in this game? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but they're the two worst teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, two worst demons in Western Conference. <laughs> Nick Young, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know if he's going to... Yeah, I mean, you could just see Jeremy Ling and, and Jor, uh, Jeremy Lin, Jordan Clarkston, you know. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that great? You get to see Hill, you get to see Carlos Bruiser, Wesley Johnson, you, you know, Wayne Ellington's going to display what, what he can do out there. But, um, yeah, uh... Well, or at least maybe. No, I don't think you're going to be seeing Wayne Ellington either. He's out with a separated shoulder. Probably patting him, patting himself on the back because he hit a couple threes against the walls. That's probably how he separated his shoulder. That's about it. Sounds about right to me. Ugh, man. Yeah, the Lakers, they're flashing on TV right now. NBA TV, in-studio uh, in studio monitor right here with the, the hated Clippers. I mean, I'll pick the Lakers every single time the Clippers and the Lakers play each other. I will pick... I will I will be cheering for the Lakers regardless who's on the who's on what team as long as Matt Barnes is on the Clippers and not the Lakers but yeah oh that guy Whew. but I think the Minnesota Timberwolves outlast the Lakers and, and win this one I could see uh, I could see Zach Levine especially if he's the at shooting guard flip please if you could make a guess I would like to see Zach Levine move to shooting guard yeah uh, but yeah I think Zach Levine regardless has a very 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 strong game in this one this is Zach Levine's. Uh, this is his playground, or at least what he wishes was his playground. No, 
Maybe, maybe not. It was like a, it's just a lifelong dream to play in Staples Center for Mr. Zach Levine. He has no idea what the Great Western Forum was, other than unless he's an NBA historian, which I think some of these guys are, but a lot of them don't seem to, you know, a lot of the young guys don't seem to respect the history as much as they should. But regardless, I think Minnesota wins this one. I'm going to go with 101 to 96, something like that. It's going to be ugly basketball. Nobody's going to really watch it like it's like, oh my God, we got to watch this game. But I think the you're going to see Zach Levine and Andrew Wiggins putting on a show in, in, the, in the glitzy city. That's what I think will happen. And there it is. Rock and roll Minnesota wins. 101 to 96. Kind of a weird score, but it is what it is. And then Saturday, April 11th. <laughs> yeah, the most likely win ever. Yeah, and I can't believe it. And I'll get back to it. Well, I'll start with this now. I can't believe it. You know, I, I can't believe it. The Warriors have 63 wins. That's unbelievable. 63 and 13. 50 games above 500. I'm not a big Warriors fan. I mean, there's something about them that I, I just don't like. They seem kind of on the cocky side, man. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they think they can make any shot anytime they want. And, you, and they might be right. But I do think uh, I do think it's going to come back and bite them. I see a little Kentucky Wildcats in this Golden State team. Uh huh. I do. I do. I I think a Wisconsin wink wink is going to emerge and, and, and going to beat them. And it ain't the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> no, it ain't the Milwaukee Bucks. They've been playing like crap of late. It's, it's sad because the Bucks could have had the Bucks were playing quite well for a while there. Now they suck. They're the sucks right now, but they'll still make the postseason and lose in the first round like usual. But with that said, Minnesota heads into Golden State against a team that makes threes whenever they want, especially against a team that does not play defense against the three, and their defense and their athleticism is unbelievable. Uh, the Warriors Warriors are going to win this one by 25. End of story. I don't care if it's 120 to to 95, whatever it is. That, that's actually what I'm going to say. 120 to 95. Warriors roll over the Wolves. I can't believe 40% of people are picking the Wolves. Uh, they're not going to get 120. Okay, I'm, I'm overdoing it. I'll go to 110 to... It's going to be 110 to 95. Well, they lose by 15. That That's enough. I'm not going to say 25. That's too harsh. It's going to be 110 to 95. Very similar to their last meeting in uh, not Golden State, but Oracle Arena, which is actually Oakland. So, used to be San Francisco, but it's Oakland. So, there you go. The Warriors. The Warriors beat the Wolves by 15 points. The Wolves have actually played them fairly well this year, especially uh, Wednesday, February 11th, when I was extremely pissed off with that one. Oh, my God. Listen back into the archives for that one. Um, around the third, or around the middle of February. I'm not sure exactly what episode that was, but do check that out. <laughs> if you're intriguing, or if you're intrigued by what I had to say in that show. That was quite an energetic performance by myself. So, now I'm going to have a little... I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm going to wrap up this segment by talking about the whole playoff picture a little bit, just briefly. Just briefly, very briefly. But yeah, the Golden State Warriors, 63 wins, 13 losses. Oh wait, they lost today. Against a very, very familiar foe that they have never, they have never, (laughs) um, they have never gotten past a wall, a certain wall that's, uh, emerging now. They've won six games in a row. Actually, let's make it seven, because they won again today against the Golden State Warriors. And this team is the perfect team to knock them out of the playoffs when the time comes. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the defending world champion, San Antonio Spurs. 50 and, well, 51 and 26. This is not updated yet, unfortunately. The Spurs defense rolled all over the Warriors. They got, they're getting a little too cocky out there. They made a nice little comeback. But not only was their defense good, but their offense was rolling right past the Warriors, regardless how good their defense is. They just roll right past him. And I think the San Antonio Spurs are the type of team that could absolutely eliminate the Golden State Warriors and end a dream season at some point this season, be it the Western Conference Finals or even the second round. That's how I feel right now. I don't think the Warriors are going to the Finals, guys. They're way ahead of everybody. They have home court advantage, and it's really hard to win an Oracle. And they may very well roll to an NBA championship this year. And you know what? More power to them, man. You win 63 games, they're probably going to wind up with like 66 wins, which is insane. How how many teams have won 66 games the last 15 years? Uh, Not too many. Uh, Really not too many at all. This Warriors team is fantastic. 
There's no doubt about it. But the Spurs are coming, man. They are coming, and don't be surprised if they emerge and, and beat them in a playoff series. Uh, just like the Chicago Bulls beat the Phoenix Suns. Just like the Bulls would, would beat like the Utah Jazz, even though the Jazz were really good and had a better record than the Bulls in the NBA Finals. Stuff like that. And I know it's not all just the Bulls, but the Spurs are awfully similar to the Bulls. In, well, they've only got five championships, that's all. Gosh, they only need one more and they'll be tied with the Bulls. At least Duncan and Popovich will be <laughs> in that category. They're a lot like the New England Patriots more than the Bulls, but you get the idea. They know how to win, and they've done it many times, regardless of who they're playing against. If it's Seattle Seahawks, whatever, you know, I'm still happy about that one. But you get the idea. I, I think the Spurs are the type of team that could knock off the, the Warriors, and the Warriors better hope they don't wind up playing them at some point down the road. But uh, Spurs are emerging, and they're only... Gosh, yep, that's what I thought. Only two games behind the Houston Rockets for number two in the Western Conference. Watch out, Golden State. You are in trouble when the Spurs when the Spurs do come around because I think they're going to. Watch the frick out. And the Clippers, there's no way they're going to beat the Spurs. I don't care. I don't think the Blazers could beat the Spurs. Memphis has beaten the Spurs, but I don't know. San Antonio and Houston would be a great series. That'd be fun. And I think San Antonio and Golden State would be an awesome series. It might go six or seven, but I think the Spurs win. I die. I do. Atlanta's been hitting a wall of late. Indiana's got uh, Paul George back. Congratulations to them. They're only two games out of the eighth seed, which is hilarious. The eighth seed is the Boston Celtics because the Heat are terrible right now. Just terrible. I'm surprised they're even hanging on at all. Hanging on at all. Boston Celtics is like, who do they have? Then they've got 35 wins. Who do they have? You know, it's it's crazy. Man, Brad Stevens, coach of the year, man. 35 wins? Damn. I don't care if it's the Eastern Conference or what. They're doing a great... They're, they're, that's, that, I mean, that's incredible. 35 wins. Wow. <laughs> I don't care what conference you're in. But uh, it, it is a logjam with Charlotte, Indiana, Miami, Boston for that eighth seed. Regardless, they'll probably lose to Atlanta really early. But if the Pacers make it... They're the sneaky team that can be semi-dangerous, especially if they get to the seven. Or well, no, they're not going to get that high. <laughs> they have to hope to maybe get the six, but man, that's not going to happen either. So, eh, they're going to lose in the first round. Let's move on. Topic number three: fan interaction. Right after this. are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, final segment, fan interaction. Welcome back aboard Facebook page. Simply look up Timberwolves Explosion on the Facebook, in the, on, on Facebook, in the search bar. Simply type in Timberwolves Explosion and click on the one that says company, not group, company, not group. Simply click like and get on board and post, post, say something, comment, whatever it is, even if it's a couple words. Like a new, uh, a, a, a guy that's joined in recently, it sounds like he's been listening for a while. And I forgot to shout out to him last time because he was kind enough to comment this. Uh, when I posted up episode number 144, this is 146 already, you're saying, great show as always, sir. This is uh, Robert Alger. Rob, excuse me, Robert Alger. Great show as always, sir. Oh, thank you very much and nice to meet you, Robert. I'm really, really pleased that you listen to this show and sounds like you like it and that means a lot to me. It really does. I would never take it for granted. And that was when I posted up that uh, episode 144, The Dog Days, <laughs> is available. This one's going to be called Broken Record. Uh, no doubt about it. That's the theme. It's been a broken record. But at least parts of the broken record are positive. Like, yeah, Andrew Wiggins being good. It's just the losing by 20 parts. A little bit tough to swallow sometimes. So now, uh, a couple of news items that are not news. It's just a conversation. Nobody uh, commented on this one. Maybe because everybody figured it was going on, but I'm sure there'll be some posts in there somewhere. Pekovic, yeah, as I predicted, Pekovic, because yeah, I did predict it on the last show, that they're going to shut down Pekovic for the remainder of the season, and they do. They did. They absolutely did, and I'm not surprised. It's the right thing to do. Apparently, he's going to have Achilles surgery. Achilles surgery. That's a, that's a big deal. I, I personally don't believe, and I was saying this too as well, I think next season is going to be Pekovic's last in the NBA. That's just my opinion. If I'm wrong, great. Good for Pekovic. Fantastic. Maybe he ends up being a nice, solid player for us, or maybe he ends up being one of those just annoying, injury-riddled guys that plays just enough, 
Like he plays his 12 games or 20 games or 35 games or whatever it is. Plays just enough to hang on and tease us. Like, oh, maybe next year. Oh, better, better luck next year, big boy. Great. That's fantastic. But as of right now, my official prediction, and I was right about the previous one, but I'm missing the remainder of this year. Next season will be his last in the NBA. I think he's going to announce his retirement at the age of 30 in 2016. That is my humble opinion. And that's not unusual that a an a oft-injured center at the age of 30 announces his retirement at age 30. It's not as unusual as you might think. And that is quite unfortunate. So let's move on to the next guy who's had who's just been injury-riddled all season. Played only 22 games this year due to one injury after another. Starting off way back against the Orlando Magic in early November. Way, way back. And that's, and that's a guy that was just plagued by the worst ankle injury ever because there was more damage than just the ankle. There was uh, pulling in the tendons of the foot. The, the three toes of the foot were pulled pretty bad. In fact, there were little tears because that's usually what a sprain is. And that's Ricky Rubio. Long story longer, pardon me. <laughs> he will not return either this season. Wise choice. Wise decision. Why bring him back? Just why bring him back? Let the friggin' thing heal. Enough's enough. Just let the guy heal. It just was getting ridiculous, and that's it. He will not return the remainder of the year. Vince Germano, of course, <laughs> the co-host, the, uh, the the people's champ of the wonderful, and I haven't been shouting out to them as much as I should. Yeah, I've been kind of casually shouting out, but i got to have a more open one here, the Courtside Podcast. Absolutely fantastic. Hank McCoy, alpha dog Hank McCoy, and the people's champ, Vince Germano, Sherlock Holmes, and John Watson. Oh, yeah, of, of basketball radio, without a doubt. They're absolutely fantastic. Oh, man, and I sure wish uh, John Oates would come back because I'm the Daryl Hall of, of uh, basketball radio. Yeah, you know, Hall and Oates, yeah. <laughs> I would like to make references to that because duos on radio are a lot of fun, man. They're a lot of fun. But solo can be good, too, when you know what you're doing and you're very, 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 very educated in the area. And I would like to tell you, I'm very, 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 very educated in, in the in the main topic of this show, that being the game of basketball, particularly the National Basketball Association. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, who has been as loyal and fantastic as anybody out there. And you know what? His basketball takes are fantastic as well. He's saying hopefully we get 82 games out of him next season. Yeah, and Rubio has played 82 games before. So the possibility does exist and persist that he will play 82 games again at some point. With Rubio, it's hit or miss. It's like when he's healthy, he'll play 82 games. And when he's hurt, he is out, baby. It's always like serious stuff. ACL and like this this ankle injury was almost like an Achilles type of injury. It was unbelievable. Uh, and I don't even get me started on Pekovic. But unfortunately, that was the end of Monsieur Rubio. Looks like the, uh, unless I'm really, really wrong here. But yeah, here we go. We got some interactions popping in. Only two to go on Facebook, unfortunately. But very strong, good takes. Didn't even click like on Joseph Phillips. I do apologize. And there was a time I thought Joseph Phillips was from Minnesota, but no, no, he's over in Aussie, in Australia. And either way, it's fantastic. It really appreciates your contribution to this show. And I love my Aussies, man. <laughs> I love you guys. I love I love uh, Tanae out of New Zealand as well. Oh, man. Brett Walters was posting for a while. I, I, I know he's from Minnesota. So shout out to you, Brett, if you're listening. Hope to see you post on here once again. And an old school Timberwolves follower, Timberwolves Explosion follower, Aussie Wolf. Miss you a lot. Nigel Southern. Hope to see him post on here again. Miss him so much. Oh. Uh, Joseph Phillips, though. Uh, long story longer, right? <laughs> Says back on Monday, he said, can't be can't be good for the, pan, for the fans or the pups to be losing this badly game after game. Yep, this is the stupid Utah game. Still, it has to be done. Yep, lo- love watching our boys... Exum and Ingles. But Exum sucks, man. No, <laughs> no, he doesn't suck. He's just very slow out of the gate. And I'm and I gave him a hard time. And I bet you I'm gonna get some negative feedback for it. And I, I I'm not trying to be a jerk. I just I'm not impressed with him at all yet. Yet maybe he'll emerge. It's just he is up to a damn slow start. And a lot of people out there gave Anthony Bennett a hell of a lot of flack for having an awful rookie season. So Exum's not having a good rookie season. He's not. Marcus Smart isn't having a particularly good rookie season either, so I'm not that impressed yet, but we'll see. Okay, anyhow. <clears throat> pardon me. Can't believe the... here. Where am I? Can't believe the press here, that being an Aussie, is talking about the Aussies 
led by these two and Della <clears throat> Dova. God, I can't even say it. Della Dova taking a podium spot at the Olympics, though. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I'm not sure either what they're what they're doing over there. Mm. Yep, that's. Uh, <laughs> I hear you, Joseph. I hear you, or Joe. I don't know. Well, well Danae Brown bringing a couple of topics, and this is this is fantastic. That's gold star right here for you. Absolutely, I love I love this. This is a Hank McCoy type question, and 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 Danae's brought in a couple of these as well, and it's like I love this stuff. So I better get to it already, right? Got a couple of questions for you, Joey. Assuming Buttinger picks up his player option for next season, what sort of player would you like to see the Wolves trade him for, or would you rather they keep him? You know, that is kind of tough because, I, yeah, like what was I broken recording about with this one? It's just broken records everywhere, isn't it? What was I saying like for the longest time in the first segment? Is is this just fourth quarter garbage time? That, that's making him better, you know, fourth quarter season-wise. Like, is the season in the fourth quarter garbage time stage and he's just playing well a la Ricky Davis years ago? Or is this who he is and he's finally freaking healthy? And, yeah, he is finally freaking healthy, yes. And he is playing very well. Um, he's only got one year left, so it kind of depends on what, yeah, what teams are going to offer. And if the offer is almost nothing, then just keep him and hope for the best, because it's only one more year. But if somebody out there is very interested in him and is willing to give up, like, a protected, like, first-round pick or something, which I really doubt it, but hey, I mean, it's not like Adrian Payne is, like, the best player ever or anything. We give up a protected pick for him. If somebody give up, like, a protected pick for him, or even, like, a high second-round pick, offered us a high second-round pick for Chase Bunninger, I'd very much explore that. Yes, I, I would very much explore that. Particularly, you can get rid of the $5 million, or maybe you can bring in another Gary Neal type of guy in here. Perhaps. Possibly. Here we go. Possibly. Should I, you know, I think I think we're going to get a center in the draft. I'm very happy with Gorgie. I think Pekovic is done after next year. So, it could be the perfect storm for the Timberwolves in the draft if we wind up with one or two, because we will have a starting center with that pick. A starting center, unless he's a bust of the of the decade. But then again, there have been a lot of busts, haven't there? Um, you're not going to get an elite power forward for him. So I'll say, hopefully, you could maybe get a backup point guard or just like a high second round pick or some protected first round pick. Like a really, maybe it's like a really protected pick where you can only get it if it's like 26th overall or something. Like one of those type of trades. Maybe with somebody like a, a Golden State or something. You get like the 30th 31st or 30th pick in the first round or something for him. Okay. You know, maybe Golden State wants yet another shooter on their roster. Something like that. Sure. I would. That's about what I would look for for a Chase Buttinger. That's about what I'd look for. Or if you just want to free up cap space and get a trade exception. Whatever it is. But that's where I am there on Chase Buttinger. Yeah, that's a bit too many picks. But yeah, I mean, if it's something like that, I would go for it. And if it's just like absolutely nothing whatsoever, then... If there's, you know, then just keep him and go go through it next year, and maybe he's nice, maybe he's solid, maybe you bring him back for, at a cheaper price, because uh, yeah, injuries were a problem for the guy. Don't sign him to another three-year deal for five million a year, unless you know that would be kind of crazy. Okay, question number two: If the Wolves end up with the number one pick, who do they pick, or do they trade down? Well, the question was brought up to me last week, and. My research has gained a little bit, and it's only focusing on these two guys. I like Towns a lot, but I like Okafor more. And he reminds me of a Tim Duncan type of player. I think he's going to have... I think he's going to have long-term, like stretched out, long-term success in the NBA. I think he's going to be a very, very, very good player in the NBA for many years. At, at the center position, maybe even power forward, or maybe, yeah, maybe you move Gorgie over to power forward, since we may need a power forward in the future, maybe Adrian Payne isn't the answer, that that's something I would not mind at all, if they did that, or maybe, who knows what's going to happen, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen, but I would consider that, Adrian Payne, Gorgie, guys like that at power forward, uh, Jaleel Okafor at center, I think the Wolves' future would be just unbelievably bright, unbelievably bright. And ultimately, again, the Chase Buttinger situation, it also kind of depends on Shabazz Muhammad. 
I think is I he's very I, I think when he's healthy he's a very valuable guy. Unfortunately, he plays the same position as Andrew Wiggins. And if Andrew Wiggins wanted to move to shooting guard, well, Zach Levine plays shooting guard. And why'd you take him thirteenth overall? And why'd you take Shabazz fourteenth <coughs> overall? You know all that kind of crap. So that's another reason why Buttinger may ultimately be let go for almost nothing. Unfortunately, uh, but hopefully you can get something. Hopefully somebody out there is. Uh, is happy enough with him that they'd be giving, be willing to give up a decent second round pick for him. I'd probably be willing to part for him for merely like freeing up space for the other guys. I suppose. So my opinion's very dynamic here and it's probably driving you crazy. Topic number three. So yes, Okafer for number two. I do not trade down. Do not. I'll, I'll take Jaleel Okafer. Yeah. I will take Jaleel Okafer. I think uh, bringing in Russell, uh, D'Angelo Russell, pardon me. I think it's a good, I mean, he'd be fantastic as well, but do you then trade away Rubio, or I, I don't even know if you could trade him. That's the other thing. That's another contract. Is he another Pekovic? Wouldn't that suck? But let's get to topic number three. Would you rather see Levine start at the point or Lorenzo Brown with Rubio out for the season now? Lorenzo Brown, with, without a doubt. Lorenzo Brown starting at point guard, Levine starting at shooting guard, Kevin Martin coming off the bench, Hey, man, you know, you've been hurt quite a bit. You're getting older. There's nothing wrong with playing 28 minutes, maybe even 32, even 35, if you're scorching the nets off the bench. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. If, if he's scorching the nets, his playing time is going to increase anyway. It's not like Flip is that dumb, you know? <laughs> he, he's dumb, though, having Levine at point guard. Yeah, he's dumb there, in my opinion. Okay, now of course, yeah, now look at me. Just imagine if I had Flip on my show right now and I said, you're dumb having Levine at point guard. That probably wouldn't go over too well. But I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it, Flip. What are you doing? I would say something like that, maybe slightly nicer. Like if Flip was on my show right now, I would probably say, Flip, um, what, what do you really see out of Zach Levine right now that you'd rather have him at point guard than Lorenzo Brown Having like, what's the reason why you don't want to have Levine at shooting guard and having Kevin Martin come off the bench in this situation? I, I would have I would have him explain his reasoning here. LeBron, Lorenzo Brown, a point guard, definitely. He he is a point guard. He is a point guard, and he's the kind of guy I would like to keep long term as the backup point guard for this team. Yeah, unless there's a better option. But right now, I think he's a nice backup point guard. I I like Lorenzo Brown. His defense is good. His passing is good. His offense can be good when he drives the lane. Sometimes he gets stuffed, but sometimes he's good, and he's young enough that he could get a lot bigger as well. And, he, of course, he was a second-round pick last year. It would be like if we got Glenn Robbins in the third back, which might happen. You never know. Um, we, we let him go, and we were able to get him back. That was kind of cool. I hope Lorenzo Brown is on the roster next season, to be quite frank. He's a nice backup point guard. Keep him. All right, Tanae Brown wrapping this this section up with, I hope you and all the other listeners had a good Easter. I did, and it's still Easter right now, late, late, but it's still Easter, and I'd like to wish you a happy Easter as well, Tanae Brown, and I would like all of you out there, again, a happy Easter. I probably should have said that at the beginning of the first segment, like at the beginning of the show. That might have been nice, but yeah, ha- happy Easter to everybody. It's not like I can't say it at all, so thank you all very much again for your listenership, and I mean, I re- <laughs> I do celebrate Easter, and I do appreciate, I do appreciate it. And it's kind of one of those fun like parts of the year where you know certain holidays. It, you know there is a holiday that literally like kind of like unofficially starts did the different seasons. For me, you're, yeah, for a lot of people, you think Easter unofficially starts spring, even though it's like after spring started in the calendar. Memorial Day is before summer, but in a lot of ways, it starts summer. Labor Day is before fall, but ultimately, it starts fall in a lot of ways because school's, school's starting up again. And Thanksgiving, for me, starts winter. Yeah, so there you go. Anyhow, <laughs> random weird uh, conversation there. I hope I didn't annoy anybody too much with that. Onto Wolves Explosion. That's at Wolves Explosion for the Twitter account. Not sure if there's a whole lot of interactions. Mostly just favorites and such. Uh, yeah, that's all it is. Just favorites and such. And you know what? Those favorites are as valuable as it gets. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Tanay. Yep, Tanay on the on Twitter. Vince on Twitter at Vinrock44. I should give out, as long as he doesn't remind. Yep, at Tanay. 
T-A-H-N-A-E Wilson Bro. At So yeah, give him a follow. I'm sure he doesn't mind that. It makes him feel good, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, give him a follow on Twitter. And, um, oh, he didn't, uh, he just did it on Facebook this week, but that's okay. Uh, that would be, uh, Mr. Kamel Hilton over in Toronto, Ontario, who's been shouting, shouting out to me and retweeting. He didn't this week, but hopefully he will again at some point. Um, but yeah, did give me the, uh, the share on Facebook. Greatly appreciated. Thank you very much, you guys, for that. It's showing your, uh, showing your friends out there in context that Timberwolves Explosion exists. And please do check it out. I really appreciate that you're doing that. And uh, those of you out there as well, those of you that I, maybe I don't know your name or maybe I do know your name, but you haven't been, uh, or yeah, but maybe you could help me out, tell a friend or so about the show. It only helps. It only helps. I mean, ultimately you guys are the foundation and I really appreciate you. Uh, it's nice to build on the foundation, add more pieces there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's how the show is going to grow. It's how uh, hopefully we can build funds, get get this, this this show off the ground, get maybe better microphone, this and that. I could afford like a better computer, stuff like that. <laughs> Even though I got a better one working now than I did before, I got it fixed up. That's helpful. Um, all that good stuff, though. If you could give me a positive rating on iTunes, it'd be greatly appreciated. Anything from a from a five-star all the way down to a three-star rating, hey, you know, it doesn't hurt. I, I really appreciate the reviews. If you would be willing to do that, say what you like about the show, even what you'd like improved on there. Really appreciate you very much. I'll be kind enough to shout out to you and say thank you oh so very much right here on the show. And um, there it is. That should pretty much put the wraps on this episode. I want to thank you all again for listening. We'll be back to talk more Tim Rolls and more playoff scenario on the next show as well. And we'll get deeper and deeper into the draft. Still kind of quiet right now. Just want to wrap up this regular season. Just get it out of the way. And then it'll be pretty much all draft and maybe some free agency talk with the Wolves and playoff situations in the National Basketball Association. Until then, I want to wish all of you a wonderful week and do take care.